If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, September 1st, 2021. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Addy Olier Jr. Joining me is twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez. Good morning, video game players. Uh, I'm making a thumbnail, so bless you. Just keep on rocking and rolling, big dog. You I keep mean, Andy, on rocking what, and rolling. Tell us about your thumbnail making process. What thumbnail are you making? What what for, fonts are you using? What colors are you using? That's for Marvel's What If uh, for their Disney Plus show. Um, cause you know, we have another YouTube channel. I don't know if you knew that bless. We don't, I don't like to talk about that YouTube channel. Sir. Understandable. Yeah. understandable. Don't put me on there. It's all mm-hmm. Nick Scarpino over there. You know what I mean? <laughs> we gotta put him somewhere. We gotta <laughs> can't exp- I can't, we can't expose the folks that come here for our games cast reviews <laughs> to Nick Scarpino because that's, so that's true. when they, that's when their opinion changes on kind of funny. That's when they they're revolt. like, Oh, these guys are degenerates. Holy shit. I didn't realize yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? How's, how's what if, cause I've been keeping up with it, but I've not been keeping up with people's reactions and reviews of it. And so, like, so far, I like it, but I don't know if I like it as much as I like all the other Marvel TV show stuff. It's very hit and miss for me, uh, hit or miss for me. I think the the writing seems a lot more cartoony and less serious, and it has been very kind of off and on, especially when they try to have their attempts at humor. I just kind of like, uh, oh, that joke didn't really it's work. Not as, it's not as tight, right? Like, it's, it's not yeah. as quick. doesn't feel... Well, no, actually, it's a little too quick because of the pacing, because they're trying to... Mm. In a lot of these... Let's remake these moments in a 30 minute episode. And it's like every line of dialogue is bah, 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 bah. there's no, like no room for a character to breathe and kind of have a moment of wait, are you saying this and this? And like it, every line is delivered so quickly to get to the next line. Mm. A little too much for me, plus. I will say episode, I, won't, I guess I won't say what the episodes are in case people want to go to, go into them blind and haven't seen them yet for some reason. But episode two so far has been my favorite. Episode two was the one where I was like, oh, shit. Okay, they're on to something because I'm really digging. Like, I, I just love the, the two universes that they collided in that episode. You know, both, both both of those are the size of the MCU that I totally adore. So I like what they did with that one. The other ones, I've been like, okay, this is fine. You know, episode one with Captain Carter. Okay, this is cool. The last episode, I think, has some interesting things going on with it. But, you know, I'm here for the ride. I mean, I'm in Episode three was wild. You should, you're gonna, uh, uh, you should watch episode three. I've, I've seen all of them at this point. No, oh, okay, episode three. Episode four is the new one. Episode three was the oh think, episode I, okay yes episode I three think was it's good. A spoiler if we we say the headline of the episode, right? I guess not. Yeah, because yeah. I guess if it's on a thumbnail, then like people yeah. probably don't care as much. But, but here's the thing: in episode two, I think it has the most egregious, like cartoony moment, and it's hard to get past it. Oh, now mess slack me what you're talking about because I'm curious. Because I, mean, I, I can, love, I can, I can say I'm gonna just say Thanos. Like I feel like. See, that was the thing that I loved about that episode. I understand that, like, that's that's a cartoon joke that they made there. Well, oh, 1,000%. One, like, they couldn't do that same thing in live action because everybody would go, what the fuck is happening? They could only do that in a cartoon. I totally, I totally feel you there. And I will say, episode three, for what the premise of that episode was, I thought that premise, I thought that premise was really good. Episode itself was fine. It's that thing where... I don't know. I don't know if it's because it's animation or the way they've just transitioned it into animation. It's hard for me to take a lot of the same scenarios 
as serious as I would in live action movies. And so they recreate a lot of moments and I'm sitting here with like less tension in the moments. I'm less invested. And I think part of that might just be because I know that this is a what if universe. And I think the other part of it is the tone and animation is just different from the tone in live action. Yeah, it, it mm. does feel very Saturday morning cartoon is what Greg mentioned yeah. on episode one, which, by the way, where, where where's Greg at? I don't you know. What I mean, he's been gone for a few days. Gone for What's a few doing? days. What's he doing? Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, in the first episode, I was saying that uh, I I really dislike that uh, there's a jump that that um, what Peggy does that mm-hmm. like where she jumps like two hundred feet or something, and it's yep, just I know like, what you're talking about. What the fuck is this about? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, like, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I did like the violence though. Hey, by the way, gamers. Nazis. Um, by the way, gamers. Uh. I am still playing. Go- I played a lot more Ghost of Tsushima last night. A pretty good video oh, game right there. Oh, pretty shit. good video game. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Andy, I'm gonna. I wanna. I'm gonna ask you all about that in the post oh. show. But cool. for now, Andy, let's talk about that new Dead Space tech demo. Big things for Tokyo Game Show and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Except for today, where we're not live on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of Funny Games because we are taking a day off Twitch in solidarity with uh, marginalized folks over on Twitch.tv/slash Kind of or over on Twitch.tv. Period. Uh, you know, folks have been experiencing a lot of hate. Uh, you know, a lot of hate raids going on. Twitch not necessarily doing a lot to fight against those hate raids, and so people are protesting uh, uh, in hopes that. Twitch pays attention, actually does something about those hate raids and all the hate going around on Twitch. And so today we're not on Twitch, but of course you can catch everything we're doing here later over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, or you can even listen later as a podcast on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above, get to write in and silver members or above, get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping for you. Tomorrow, our Surgeon Simulator 2 stream is finally here, and Snowbike Mike is going to play that on launch day. The catch, Kevin is going to use IRL robotic arms to mess with Mike while Tim and Joey hang out. (laughs) (laughs) That's happening Thursday, 11 a.m. Pacific time. I I don't know how this happened, but I'm happy it is. I'm happy. I'm happy. I am happy it's happening. Kevin, what's up (laughs) with these robotic arms? How do they even work? Uh, Bro, it's great. It's a PS2 controller. And it takes some getting used to, but I've gotten, I think I've gotten pretty good. Also, uh, just so happened to work out that Mike is here, uh, mm. which means that, you know, I'm on the third floor. He's staying in a room in the second floor. Turns out I can use the controller from up here. So I, I'm so excited. This is going to be fun. Oh my God. Bizarre <laughs> concept. This is such a weird thing that we're doing, but I like it. Very bizarre uh, crossover going on here. Of course, you can catch that Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific time on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. And then the VOD will, of course, go up later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Plays. Then also tomorrow, you're getting a new episode of The Blessing Show all about EA Sports Big. Uh, We advertised it a little bit yesterday on our social media feeds. Uh, And Kevin, I sent over to Assets a video. We have a promo video that is a small clip from the episode that I think is a must play to clue people in into the energy that we're emitting in this episode. And it's funny because we're spe- we're, we just talked about Still Mike Mike. Still Mike Mike makes an appearance in this episode in this promo we're about to show. Uh, Kevin, let me know if you have the link or you're, if you're able to pull it up. I have the link and I will be able to pull it up shortly. Let me just His also- energy way too strong. His energy is way too strong in this video. And I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't love the energy. 
I, lo- I love it. Actually, just I'll Hold let the, the clip play for itself. And so Off Kevin air, I told Mike about how this episode of The Blessing Show is going to be all about EA Sports Big, and I'd say his reaction speaks for all of us. This Blessing Show episode should be all about attacking EA and how it's f***ing inexcusable yes. that they have never remastered or retried the easiest f***ing idea on planet Earth. Oh, let's bring back Dead Space. Who in the f- wants dead space why are we not in the boardroom going like why are we not bringing back he's NBA gonna deserve space? all the Where's shit he gets NFL space? oh no let's bring back dead ba- dead space <laughs> dead space we want an <laughs> nfl street and nba street and i don't, I don't know he's together. saying the things that i'm Holy thinking who's running that company i know mike might seem overly excited but that is him on a calm day he's saying <laughs> what i would say we're all what we're all thinking you know andy are you with me Fuck Dead Space. Bring back EA Sports Big. No, I don't want this heat. I don't want this heat. And neither does Mike. He's like, the thing is, he's going to get this is obviously a very pro uh, EA Sports Big episode, but he's going to get caught in the crossfire from everybody saying, who the fuck is this guy? Yes, we want Dead Space back. <laughs> of course like, we wait, do. No, wait, wait, no, you're going too far with it. Like you, you can want EA yeah. Sports Big, but not this Dead Space. My favorite, my favorite thing is that, like I mentioned in the video, that like this is off air. We, I, me, and Ro- me, Roger, and Mike got into a Discord call so I could interview Mike because the whole point of his bit was supposed to be talking about how we're excited for extreme sports games. Like we're supposed to be talking about Riders Republic and Shredders. And before we even got into the interview, he goes on that rant. And, like, afterwards, me and Roger were like, yeah, let's just use the rant. Like, fuck the interview. Let's just use that part. That was the best part. Let's just go with it. And so, man, look out for that Blessing Show tomorrow. It's a banger so episode. Uh, and there are more surprises in there. And so get hyped. Again, that's happening at 7 a.m. Pacific time with a YouTube premiere so we can watch it all together. Get into the chat. Have a good time. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and the kind of funny Destiny 2 PC clan. Today we're brought to you by Purple Mattress, but... I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. Baker's dozen. Starting with our number one, speaking of Dead Space, we got new Dead Space footage shown off yesterday by EA. They did like a long stream. They showed off footage like, Alpha, alpha footage. I don't know if there's even a word for it. I guess tech demo would be the word for it, right? Like they call it an early pre-production development build uh, that they're showing off here. I'm going to The Verge, who breaks it down into six things that we learned about the Dead Space remake. This is Adi Robertson. When EA announced it was remaking Dead Space, it wasn't really clear about what, quote, remake meant. Would the company be completely rebooting the beloved space horror series, or would it be more like a re- remaster that upgraded the original's 13-year-old graphics for the Xbox Series X, PS5, and modern PCs? Now, the Dead Space Remakes developers have helped fill in some of the gaps. Motive held a live stream Twitch session with members of the studio's creative team, showing off extremely early footage demonstrating how the gameplay and level design could work. We still don't have a release date. It confirmed a few things that will set the new game apart, but won't necessarily transform it. The original Dead Space starred engineer Isaac Clarke as a silent protagonist, but in the game since then, he's been distinctively voiced by actor Gunnar Wright. Today, Wright appeared on EA's cool live stream. Name. That's a cool right? name. Gunnar Wright. That's, a, that's like an action, uh, 80s that's, action star name right there. That's a sick name right there. That's cool. Today, Wright appeared on EA's live stream to confirm that he, hit, he is coming back for the remake as well. Dismemberment is going to be more complicated. Uh, 
Kevin is showing a video here of how some of the dismemberment, dismemberment looks like in this new game. Simulated limbs severing technology has advanced substantially since 2008. Thank God. The live, the live stream featured some very early renderings of the game's necromorphs, and they seem affected by weapons in more detailed and convincing ways. Dead Space's remake will let you float in zero gravity, like you can in the game's sequels, rather than having to leap between surfaces with your boots otherwise anchored to the ground. There are no microtransactions. Motive and EA previously hinted that they'd build they'd build out Dead Space's story, and today they gave more specifics about what that might mean. Quote, you're not going to change the foundation of the story, because that story is really iconic, said creative director Roman Campos Oriola. Quote, the things we want to enrich in terms of story or narrative, it's really about the bigger universe of Dead Space. We want to have more ties with what came after, whether it's the books, whether it's the anime, whether it's Dead Space 2. We want to put the, the original in a better way inside that broader universe, end quote. The Dead Space remake also aims to provide more depth to the characters around Isaac, including Nicole Brennan, the girlfriend that he spends the game looking for. As Campos Oriola puts it, quote, we want to give you the, the means to actually look for her and more and more than look and more than look for her. Learn, learn what happened to her during the outbreak. End quote. Andy, I know you're not into spooky games. Are you into Death Space at all? Fuck no. Blessing. Fuck no. <laughs> but I'm excited for everybody who is really stoked about this franchise and it being back. I, uh, I'm i especially stoked right now. Let me say this. Congrats to Jackie Butler and Cobb Jenkins. Oh, yeah. Um, um, super stoked about... Um, uh, why did I say Jenkins? Uh, Cod, Adams. Cod, his, his, his Twitter name is Cod Jenkins. It yeah, used to Cod be Cod Jenkins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why did I? What the fuck? Sorry, Kyle. Um, but shout out to Jackie, who that's her first hosting job, and she, uh, we know her through Alfredo. You all, I think, obviously, Kevin and Tim have known her longer, but it's really cool to see her, uh, being able to do a cool hosting thing because she's really into Dead Space and has streamed it often. Um, I Dead Space doesn't do a whole lot for me, as y'all know. I don't love survival horror, and especially with this being the scariest of it, it seems like everybody says this is one of the more terrifying versions of a survival horror game doesn't do a whole lot for me bless but mm -hmm. i think it's really cool for devs to show stuff this early i think getting the sort of mass audience to see just just this part that we're doing right here this is how much work goes into just you know enemy dismemberment <laughs> or you know, uh, showing you the Isaac's new uh, the remake of the gun or whatever. Here is how much work gets put into this. And I think that's a really cool look behind the curtain for people who may not necessarily know exactly what it takes for a game of this scale to be made. And in this case, remade or whatever. Um, but yeah, personally, it doesn't do a whole lot for me. Bless. I, mm. Are you stoked for it? I don't know if you're a Dead Space fan. I'm not. I'm not really a Dead Space fan. Uh, I'm in a similar place as you, where like these games don't tend to do it for me. But looking at the footage that they not that quite Snowbike Mike level, right? Not quite Snowbike Mike. No, level. not yeah. I'm not quite Snowbike Mike level. You know, I'm not fuck Got Dead it. Space, right? Like I'm happy for the Dead Space fans, and I think the fact that they're bringing it back is a really cool thing because I love mm -hmm. the idea of EA bringing things back because that then means that maybe they could bring back EA Sports big. Mm -hmm. Um, but what they've shown off in this development build, I think looks really cool them showing off the dismemberment it looks really gruesome it looks really gross and it takes it takes stuff that people love from the first game and modernizes it and cleans it up in a way that is gonna sing as a modern game i think that's one of the biggest things is when we when i look at something like uh re2 remake 
you know, RE2, the original RE2 wasn't a game that I was into as much, right? Like, I booted that game up a few times back in the day, but I was never all in on it. That game confused the hell out of me when I was when I was young. But playing it in a modernized way and going through the um, uh, museum slash uh, police precinct in that game that you're exploring, they they do such a good job of taking that game and turning it into a game that in 20, what was it, 2018, 2019? It was 2019 when RE2 Remake came out was one of the best looking games one of the best performing games of that year you know i think that is a magical thing that you can do and to your point of them showing it off this early i think since it's a remake and because people have probably such big expectations for what this thing should be or what it could be or what it might be versus what it might not be right like the article mentioned that they've not been as clear as to what they mean by remake then right. being able to show off like hey no we are we are going back to the original game we are taking elements that you guys uh, like we are um uh you know using similar designs or in some cases the same designs but cleaning it up in a way that you're, you're really going to appreciate i think that's a really smart thing to do because you're answering a lot of questions this early and you know i think being able to give players and give give your audience a glimpse into the game development process is just good for education in terms of what it takes to make a video game and the process of trying to to stay true to the things that you guys that you guys love. Um, I think it's also good in the fact that if they showed this stuff off and the audience had a bad reaction to it, if people were like, "Hey, this isn't true to the original Dead Space," that then gives them an, an an opportunity in the process to maybe shift and pivot, which I think is also a really cool thing. And they also have an out saying this is early in development, so don't. Mm judge everything based on whatever you're seeing right now but um yeah i I think it's really neat that they are doing this sort of early look and if anything obviously it seems like they want to stay true to what the original dead space was and what that gave to the audience and i think they have the benefit of the doubt there saying yes we can show you pre you know early alpha footage or whatever or early uh, developmental builds and you in the back of your mind as a fan know, oh, this is how they are improving a thing that I already like. They're not necessarily trying to, you know, rewrite the formula. They're not trying to add a co-op character to play alongside of necessarily. Like, they're they're still trying to stay true to what the original game is, but we're not going to get too wild with it. Um, trust us here is the new suit or here's the remake of the suit. Here's how it might look with good lighting and stuff like that. Cause I know they showed a few screens of this is how the game can look. You know, um, I think that I, I saw a shot for shot comparison on some Twitter video and I'm assuming it's, it's somewhere in this video that, uh, that happened yesterday during that live stream. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to scroll through it. I can't necessarily find it, but um, yeah, it's gotta be really exciting for dead space fans to know that their favorite, one of their favorite things is coming back in a brand new sort of shiny coat of armor. And when you talk about dismemberment, you got to have that, especially after playing Doom and all of the advancements there where you're shooting off body parts and they are the enemies are falling apart. You have to have that in sort of this modern setting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Doom is a good example to give because like Doom, I love playing Doom, Doom Eternal and having the monsters fall apart as you take them out, right? Because it's a sign of, not only is it a sign of, like, you're damaging them, but it's just a cool visual way to show that off in a game that is trying to be gruesome and gross. Kevin Coelho, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say something uh, just that might be a little bit surprising. I uh, I love Dead Space. Whoa. And I know, yeah, that's, like, a big deal. Dead Space is, I think it might be the only horror game 
that I've ever played, and like I enjoyed it. It's like Andy. Yeah, I'm not saying Uh-oh. you do this for a stream, but maybe this game comes no, out. You Don't open start. all the way. Just listen. Just, no, no, no. See, see, listen, listen. I'm not saying you do this for us. I'm saying turn on all the lights, open all the windows, but like play this game because just give it a little tie, a taste because it's something. It's scary. It is, but it's also like you feel empowered as the character with this like cutter thing. So just you know, I might play it on my. The cutter is cool. I might play I it on my front really porch cool. uh, at 2 p.m. Um, outside you, when there's people walking around. Lulu I just on need your the, lap, I need, you know. Yeah, exactly. This is this is what I'll pitch. We do this RE7 style, where oh, yes. I play the game, you watch it on stream with me. We hang out, we hang out. You okay, know, I go through the tough stuff. You get to sit in your room, turn on all the lights. Not have to. Work. You can close your eyes, right? You don't have to actually do the scary bits. So you can leave that to me because I do want to play this remake. I think the remake looks really cool. What they've shown off looks really cool. And you know, I mentioned I'm not a Dead Space person. I have played a bit of Dead Space Three, which is the one that people would say, "Jump the shark." The, yeah, don't make that one the one you play. That is the one that I played. Uh, but I, then I also played the Dead Space game on mobile. <laughs> um, right, but I'm that go one go away. <laughs> <laughs> that one, I know I'm upsetting the masses right now. There's tons of people that are like, what the fuck were you doing? How did, how did you make those two games the games he played? This is but Baird and Metal Gear Survive. Yeah, it's like Baird only playing Metal Gear Survive. Um, but playing the mobile game, I think that mobile game actually did capture a lot of the, the survival horror elements pretty well in terms of making uh, doing a good job of capturing the moments of uh, jump scares and what what using the cutter is like and the atmosphere of Dead Space. There was also the Dead Space uh, Wii game that I played a little bit now that I think about it. The Unreal Shooter. Oh, um, great. Yeah, that, I'm yeah. sure that's exactly the experience you want. Um, yeah. I, I'd say the only thing that worries me about doing this sort of presentation is the whole why are you showing us this early? This is clearly four or five years away or whatever. You know, like uh, unless yesterday's I mean, presentation was they, more of a like, hey, we've done a lot in the game, but here's a, an early look at how to tear apart aliens' bodies. The thing that worries me is that the, the impatience of the the masses and, and getting really like pissed off. It, what I gather is that they're aiming for late 2022. Whether or not they hit that, in fact, I'm going to go and say, and say I don't believe they'll hit that, but it seems like the game is get, is a bit more imminent than we, we may imagine. But I'm in that okay. same place, too, where I'm... I don't the push and pull of how early do you reveal something versus how close to something do you reveal it is a balance that you got to get right for this when you have footage to show I don't mind it as much because at the very least I I like being along for the journey and I think for those who are tuned in and clued into what it's like making a game you look at this and understand where they're at in the process you you understand that this isn't coming early next year or late this fall you understand that this is at least at least a year or, or, or more away um but when it's something like elder scrolls 6 for example it's like all right well am i I ever gonna see this you know i i don't i don't necessarily love love those but i think there's definitely a metroid prime 4 (laughs) a metroid prime 4 exactly andy speaking of revealing games let's talk about story number two tokyo game show could have final fantasy 16 this is andy robinson at video games chronicle Square Enix has confirmed a 50-minute Tokyo Game Show event where it could potentially share a new update on Final Fantasy 16, according to recent comments by the game's producer. Square Enix presents Tokyo Game Show 2021 will be streamed on October 1st and lasts for just under an hour, the company uh, announced on Wednesday. According to the official event description, the TGS show will offer, quote, the latest news about our upcoming titles, along with pre-announced information, end quote. 
Last month, Final Fantasy 16's producer said that Square Enix, quote, definitely wanted to share an update on the action RPG during Tokyo Game Show, but that it wasn't sure uh, if it would be able to make the deadline. Speaking as part of a special Japanese Final Fantasy XIV livestream translated by Aitai Kimochi, Naoki Yoshida said that if his team was an, unable to create content in time for this month's show, he'd personally like to like to next show uh, Final Fantasy 16 when it's closer to release. Quote, we really want to show something for Tokyo Game Show 2021, but we probably can't make that deadline. We definitely want to show it, but isn't it better when we do, you're able to play it right after, end quote. Quote, I know as a company, they want us to show it at Tokyo Game Show at the very least, end quote. Andy, there's a lot of push and pull there, but <laughs> yeah. basically what this, is, what this is getting at is we might see it, we might not. Which is, uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of push and pull there. That's really funny just to kind of like, I know they want us to do it, but, you know, what if it's like right before? That'd be really cool. <laughs> like, yeah, like, what, if we, what if we waited to show it? They want us to show it. And so we might show it, but also like, what if we waited to show it? We, not, we might not have it ready. <laughs> Just a lot of suggestions, kind of like subtweeting right there. I love that. Um, I would personally love to see it sooner. I think a lot of us would. Um, but you know what they say, bless. A, a trailer too early is a trailer bad. A trailer mm, late mm. is a trailer always good, yep. you know? The famous Miyamoto quote. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm stoked for Final Fantasy 16, dude. And this is somebody who... Never really played a whole lot of Final Fantasy games, but as soon as they started getting more into the less turn-based, more active battle sort of um, combat system, that's where I started really vibing with the franchise. And I I can't wait for this game, especially knowing that it is going to be the next, next current version, generation, updated visuals, new lighting, like all that stuff really excites yep. me. PS5 to see, like the fact that, you know, Remake... 7 Remake already looks as amazing as it does on the PS5 with that new version, um, Integrade. I am super stoked to see what this could possibly look like, and I, I hope we get some hype with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's not it for Tokyo Game Show. Story number three. Speaking of Tokyo Game Show, Xbox News is, is expected as well. Uh, this is Chris Golian at Video Games Chronicle. This year's Tokyo Game Show will include some, quote, exclusive news from Xbox. Xbox has a 15-minute presentation planned for September 30th, listed as the Xbox Tokyo Game Show sh uh, Game Show. Game Show Showcase 2021, the event promises new announcements related to the Japanese gaming market. Quote, jump in and join Xbox as we bring our gaming ecosystem gaming to the world, end quote. The event description reads, we have some exclusive news and content to share, and Tokyo Game Show 2021 is our stage, end quote. It's the second year Xbox has held a TGS event. Last year, it announced flight simulator content related to Japan and discussed Series X slash S plans in the country. The, pre the presentation will be the latest part of Xbox's attempt to make an impact in Japan, something it struggled to do ever since the original Xbox launched 20 years ago. Andy, well, how long are we going to hear about these stories? About, about Xbox, Xbox hoping, trying. trying to make an impact in Japan? Um, I don't really know what this could possibly be. And the fact that they're saying exclusive news gets me really excited. Now, what that exclusive news is, bless, it could range from, hey, we're selling a, uh, an exclusive controller here. <laughs> or so, like, it could be something as, as lame as, and sort of um, uh, not outstanding sort of announcement as that. Or it could be something really cool as an exclusive game announcement. Um, I, yeah. I have no idea what this could possibly be. I think the absolute ceiling, and I'm almost afraid to say it because I don't want to get hopes up for nothing, 
the absolute ceiling that this could be would be Kojima announcing an exclusive Xbox game. Because I think Tokyo Game Show could be the right place to do that, especially if you're talking about trying to infiltrate that market. And we've had reports, you know, we talked about it recently. Uh, in July, Jeff Grubb was, uh, had a report about how Kojima is like, he like that man is signing papers at Xbox. Like he is in the process of uh, working on a game for Xbox uh, specifically, and it's going to have cloud integration and all this stuff. Um, I think maybe Tokyo Game Show could be the place to announce that. That said, when we look at what they announced last year, right? Like again, what they had last year, flight simulator news for Japan, and then also them talking about launching Series X in Japan. And so historically, you know, there's not the precedent there that Xbox is going to drop a banger as big as that, especially because that I think would be a global uh, news item right there, right? Talking about a Hideo Kojima game for Xbox. That said, if you wanted to make a bigger splash in Japan, if you wanted to really, you know, own the message in that market and be like, cool, hey, we care about this market. We care about what we're, what we're doing here in please Japan. Please care we've about seen, us. You, <laughs> please care about us. You've seen us, you've seen us uh, and what we've done with Yakuza. You've seen us put Yakuza, the whole franchise on Game Pass. You've seen us put so many Final Fantasy games on Game Pass. You've seen us put, um, There's, I'm sure there are even more uh, JRPG franchises that they put on Game Pass. You see the waves they're trying to make. Let's... You know, really show how much we care by making this huge announcement in Tokyo Game Show. Maybe that could be it. But again, that is me being very hopeful and me like talking about the absolute height of what they could do. I mean, 50 minutes is that's a chunky presentation. This is not a 15 minute Nintendo Direct. This is not a, a 10 minute sort of, uh, you know, uh, PlayStation State of Play. This that's a meaty thing right there. Mm -hmm. And I. I'm starting to wonder what the hell you can't even announce that isn't already known. Is it just going to be updates on things? You can't do that if you want to excite that market. If you're trying to get them to buy in, I don't think you prepare a 50-minute presentation on stuff that is already known, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, I, we'll see, like... I don't expect outside of that. Outside of that, the um, uh, my proposed Hideo Kojima thing. I don't know what else as Xbox you would announce that would be super exciting for the market. Maybe yeah. more JRPGs coming to uh, Game Pass or more Japanese games in general coming to Game Pass. Maybe you possible, announce possible like, remakes of old stuff. Maybe yeah, like possible remakes. Possible like hey, we're porting these classic beloved games onto Xbox or bringing in um uh games that were released let's say like on just other consoles right back when uh back during the xbox and 360 generation that didn't come to xbox we're announcing that those are now coming to xbox through uh game pass or through xbox series x like i think you can do things like that um but you know i'm with you that it's a large part of mystery because historically you know as we all know xbox just hasn't had a good presence in japan you know like xbox in terms of sales this is just tanked uh, uh over the years and, and i think I believe Phil Spencer and the team, when they talk about how much they want to uh, uh, actually make a splash in Japan and actually like infiltrate that market, but it's just a difficult thing when you're up up against PlayStation and you're up against Nintendo and you're up against companies that have actually done that well, companies that have actually cared and companies that have actually like have put in solidified the effort to, ground, you know? Yeah, solidified ground. That is such a difficult thing to do. Um, do but you at think, the very least, it seems like they're trying. Do you think maybe they? make a push for like something something not as gigantic as what i would want but the, like the final fantasy pixel remasters which only went to mobile and only went to oh yeah uh where, where else did they go it was mobile just mobile PC. yeah it was just mobile pc yeah do you think maybe 
Xbox makes a play at that. That's something that I could see them announcing, saying, hey, previously these were only available on mobile and PC, and now they're coming to Xbox, all whatever, seven, six of them or however many it was. Um, I could see that being an announcement of that sort of level is what I would maybe expect yeah. in this 50-minute presentation. I I could see that easily, especially because when we talk about what Xbox does well, they do legacy really well, right? Xbox is all about reaching back into the class into the, the classic games that people loved and bringing them forward in some way. And so I think doing that fits in line with them. You know, we saw we've I mean we've even seen Fantasy Star online too come to Xbox, right? Like they really do care about trying to bring things that people are already invested in and mm. bringing them into 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 the Xbox ecosystem in a way that is, is in a way that's going to speak to that either like the nostalgia uh strings or just the hey there's already a built community here let's move them over to us strings so yeah i think for sure they can do that and i expect even more things on the level of bringing fantasy star online to to xbox i expect more of those kinds of things yeah we'll have to wait and see andy before we get into story number four i want to remind the folks that of course you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsor this episode is brought to you by Purple. I know it may seem like it, but the world isn't really against us from getting a good night's sleep. Luckily, you'll have no difficulties drifting off to sleep on a Purple mattress. That's because only Purple mattresses use their fancy grid technology. It's a unique ventilated design that lets air flow through to keep you cool. I can tell you this as a fact. I have the Purple pillow, and I will never use another pillow in my life. I love it so much. It never gets too hot. It's always cold. You don't need to flip it to the other side because it's just cold already i don't know how it works it's the grid it's cool the grid is also supported for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders neck and hips unlike memory foam which remembers everything the grid bounces back as you move and shift purple is comfort reinvented right now you'll get 10 percent off any order of 200 or more go to purple.com games 10 and use promo code games 10 that's purple.com games 10 promo code games 10 for 10 percent off any order of 200 dollars or more Purple.com slash games10. Promo code games10. Terms apply. Story number four Brendan Player Unknown Green leaves PUBG Corp and creates a new independent studio. This is from Matt Kim at IGN. Brendan Green, aka Player Unknown and the creator of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, has announced the formation of a new independent game studio in Amsterdam, Netherlands. Green was originally a, mod a modder whose experiments with the battle royale genre eventually led to the creation of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. He was later hired by Bluehole to continue developing the game under the newly formed PUBG Studios. Following the success of PUBG, Bluehole renamed itself Crafton, and in 2019, uh, Green announced that he was stepping away from PUBG to work on experimental projects with a small team in Amsterdam. However, Green is now leaving the company altogether to form his own independent studio, though Crafton will hold a minority stake in Green's new company. Quote, I'm still very grateful to everyone at PUBG and Crafton for taking a chance on me and for the opportunities they afforded me over the past four years, Green says in a statement. Quote, today I'm excited to take the next step on my journey to create the kind of experience I've envisaged for years, end quote. Green's new studio hasn't revealed its name or what it's working on, but in 2019, Green said he's done with, ba with the battle royale genre. Meanwhile, Crafton is continuing the development of PUBG and a sequel set in the near future called PUBG New State. 
Other crafting studios include Striking Distance Studios, which is working on the horror game The Callisto Protocol from Dead Space creator Glenn Schofield, as well as a PUBG animated series from producer Adi Shankar. I just learned about that Adi Shankar uh, uh, produced thing today. And Adi Shankar apparently just works on every single animated video game series. So good for him. Well, I think when you have seen so many video game to screen failures and you find the one that works, you just got to keep rolling. You yeah. got to keep rolling yeah, with it. You know? Thanos. You're like, yeah. I'm going to do this all myself. Yeah. Um, man, I, I, it's interesting because I sort of, for some reason, for whatever reason, I thought that he had left the PUBG Corp a long time ago, but I was thinking of homeboy that made Daisy and then pieced out to make his own game. And then who knows what the hell that game may have come out already. It was like some space game that was revealed a couple years ago, or it may not ever come out. Um, but I'm interested to see somebody who has such experience with the battle Royale um, genre. What the hell could you be moving on to next? What interests you? Um, I, I don't really have much to say about this, Bless. I'll be honest with you. I'm just like, cool, did good you, for you. Did go, you play go much be PUBG happy. back in the day? I did uh, a little bit on, on PC and a tiny bit on Xbox, but I hated the way it felt on Xbox. Dude, I, I, hated I, I, I hated how it felt on Xbox, too. Especially when it first released on Xbox, I was flabbergasted that they let it release in that condition. But I did play a bit of it on PC, and I, enjoy, I enjoyed hanging out in the game with friends. I was talking um, about Dean Hall, by the way. Dean Hall, Dean who Hall, made uh, Daisy. But yeah, over the years, PUBG just hasn't had the same name recognition, especially as games like Fortnite and uh, Apex Legends kind of overtook it in terms of conversation. Um, that said, I'm sure the I'm sure there's still an audience there that loves PUBG uh, and still plays it regularly. But I understand how player unknown as a dude who just wanted to mod a battle royale mode launched it had to be super successful and probably still in a lot of ways wants to be creative and make other shit. I understand how he's like, you know what, peace out. I'm gonna make my own studio. You know, I'm you guys keep making this thing exist, you know, keep carrying PUBG yeah. forward, but I'm going to keep being creative and keep launching my uh, possible future masterpieces, right? Like, I think that, I think for me, for me, his, his movement speaks to somebody who wants to be creative and somebody who wants to keep, like, innovating in a way. Because PUBG, I would say, was innovative. I know there were battle royales before PUBG, um, but PUBG was the one to, I think, really cement what battle royale could be and blow up beyond what any other battle royale had done before it and then lead to things like Fortnite, which is the biggest game in the world um and so yeah coming coming off of that like it seems like he wants to do maybe single player maybe something that isn't massively multiplayer and with that you know i'm i'm curious to see what his take on that would be it's not i think it's i it's not as expected um given his pedigree but maybe he has some ideas that could be really cool with that um, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the current Steam charts, and this is only Steam, granted, but um, for the month of August, for the month of July, Apex Legends averaged 170k players, 130k players concurrent, and they peaked at around 330k, 270k uh, in the last two months. Those are sort of their averages. PUBG doing still astoundingly well, bless. 184 really? concurrent players in August. And again, this is only Steam. We know that Apex, a lot of people play on console as well. Uh, 184 played uh, concurrently, average 184K, and they peaked at 444K in August. And the numbers have been pretty solid and uh, 
I'm not seeing any gigantic drops or rises in player base except for um some some weird events that happened maybe last year and I'm assuming that's a, like a big map reveal or whatever but PUBG is still very popular still has a very very big player base when compared to when we when we talk about games I think it's it's so easy to say dead game and i fucking hate when people do that but it's so easy to say like oh because i don't really play it and it's not in my group of friends and my group of friends are not currently playing this video game i'm not hearing a whole lot about it i'm sure the game is dying and not a whole lot of people are playing it but pubg is still a very healthy game in terms of player base and i think they've found that niche i think they've found that area of people that said man maybe warzone is too arcadey for me or maybe uh, Apex is, I don't like all these abilities. I just want that sort of more toned down, realistic. I want to have all of my ammo clips and all of my barrel stocks and yeah, all I this mean, sort PUBG, of customized shit. I would shit, you say know? is probably the most hardcore of the major battle royales, right? If you're comparing it to Warzone, Fortnite, and Apex, like PUBG is the one where you really got to take into to account a lot of things, right? You got to take into account bullet drop. You got to take into account like footsteps even more like you got to be way more aware and it's way more i guess simi might be the word way more intricate yeah yeah than the others and so i definitely understand why there would be the audience would still be there in fact like i think when we're talking about success for these types of games as well you know we're talking about free to play versus paid right and PUBG. I, is, I believe it's still a paid game you still have to pay to play PUBG at the very least on pc i've not checked out PUBG mobile i don't know how much it costs there but on Steam, PUBG, I believe, is still like 30 bucks if you want to actually buy it. Uh, and with that, when you look at the sales numbers, I got an article here from PCGamesN.com uh, where this is a, this is from July 2020, a year ago. PUBG had crossed the 70 million uh, mark in terms of actual game yes. sales. They had sold 70 million copies. That Holy is not fuck. a thing that many games whatsoever can actually say. And I think we often forget how hot PUBG hit, was. You're stoked to hit 5 mil, 4 mil, 10 yeah. mil. Like, like if you remember, there's, there is a reason why people were copying PUBG. In 2017, PUBG was uh, breaking records by the day, by the week, right? When we talk about concurrent players, the concurrent players on PUBG back in 2017 were ridiculous and they sold so many copies. And if we're talking about free to if we're talking about a free-to-play game right we're t- and we're talking about something like apex and something like warzone you know like they're making so much money off of microtransactions and selling packs and sell- selling characters or whatever the thing may be that they're selling versus PUBG, which is getting money per copy right and i'm sure they have and uh correct me if i'm wrong they added in a battle pass uh, 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 like not too long after Fortnite like did their battle pass and everything and so they're probably making sales off of that too PUBG still very uh, still very well well uh, performing game, but yeah, but, shout out to Brendan yeah. for just saying kind of I want to move on and maybe you get to a point where you feel satisfied with what you've done. Maybe there's not a whole lot more you can do and add to it, and you want to move on to the next phase in your life. And yeah, go chase that next thing you want to do because you've already kind of conquered this space in a way, you know. Exactly, Andy. Let's keep rolling with the Roper Report. Story number five, Life is Strange TV series is still in the works with Sean Mendez now overseeing the music. This is Matt Kim at IGN. A Life is Strange TV adaptation is still in the works, and it's now enlisted Grammy-nominated singer Sean Mendez to oversee the music for the series. A Life is Strange TV series was first announced back in 2016 after Legendary picked up the adaptation rights from Square Enix. Since then, however, there has been no news about the show. 
Now, along with Mendez, Life is Strange also adds anonymous content, a production company behind shows like 13 Reasons Why, whose dark take on high school life may fit well with the premise of Life is Strange. When Legendary first announced plans to make a Life is Strange TV show, only the first game was released. It followed art student Max Colefield, who survived, who, sur- who must survive bullies and disappearing students while also navigating her ability to rewind time. Since then, however, there have been many more games in the series, including Life is Strange 2, Life is Strange Before the Storm, and the upcoming Life is Strange True Colors. I forgot this is happening, and I'm honestly being reminded and seeing that there it seems like they're making moves to continue to make it happen. Has me a bit excited, because I actually kind of missed the first Life is Strange. You know, I really love that universe, and Life is Strange very much changes with every iteration now. You know, Life is Strange 2 picked up with two completely different characters. Life is Strange True Colors is also using different characters. I do mix, uh, miss Max and Chloe. I miss that relationship. I miss that world. And I want a reason to go back, right? I know we're getting the, the remaster uh, next year. I like the idea of having a re- reinterpretation in, in the form of an actual TV series because I think there's not many video games that I would say that would fit well as being adapted to a TV show, but I think Life is Strange is one of them. I could easily see that uh, being done well. I know they, 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 they're they tapping the production company behind 13 Reasons Why. I That kind of uh, that makes me pause a little bit because like I, I liked 13 Reasons Why fine at the time. I didn't love 13 Reasons Why, and I don't know if... That show's um, pretty controversial, right? I've... That show's pretty controversial, and I don't want the same controversy with Life is Strange. You know, I think Life is Strange, the, the game, does such a good job of introducing topics that you know, skirted the line of, oh shit, like this person is having suicidal thoughts. They're going there, yeah. Yeah, this person is like abusive and they go there in quite a few places. The the ways that 13 Reasons Why goes there are ways that I I don't totally adore and I think, you know, could have been done way better. I don't want the same thing for Life is Strange. I'd rather rather that be taken with, um, I'd rather that be done with a lot more care and a lot more nuance. And so like, that makes me pause a little bit, but just because they did that with Life is Strange or with uh, 13 Reasons Why, it doesn't mean they're automatically going to do that kind of thing with Life is Strange. And I hope that's not the case. And 2016 is when this was first announced. When did the first did did Life is Strange come out in 2016? I can't believe it's been that yes. long. Yes. Yeah, I think it's been 2016. That's wild. I would have ne- I would have assumed it was like it might have been 2015. Honestly, I think Life is Strange might have came out late 2015. You got to assume if that's you know, if if uh, Legendary is picking up ad- adaptation rights in 2016 that it likely came out a year before that um that um i don't have much to say about this other than i'm excited for you blessing i'm excited for you to get your your little tv show i'm excited for you yeah yeah uh um uh, sean mendes he's the guy with camila cabello right or like they kind of had a thing will they won't they sort of oh i don't know really let me google that yeah google that because i'm actually curious now that i I thought i always thought it was a like everybody wanted um oh yeah because they had a song together and everybody was like are they gonna finally get together but i I don't i don't fully know yeah i'm looking through his his songography (laughs) right he says that she fell in love with him i was completely in love with him (laughs) that's the quote wow um okay i I don't know if they're together anymore but i just know that there was always a this sort of will they won't they drama that everybody kind of wanted them to fall in love especially with the way that they look at each other in their videos it's like it's very lustful plus very lustful wow I mean, I don't know much about Shawn Mendes. I do like that they're tapping an actual uh, singer-songwriter for Life is Strange because 
the music means so much to that franchise. I think music in the first Life of Strange and before the storm really set the tone of that world in that period. And, uh, you know, I think if we're going to make a Life of Strange TV show, you got to do it with the right music. Music should be on the forefront of your mind. And so them this could be huge for it. Is this, this could be really huge for an audience that isn't necessarily into video games, just to be a, a fan of somebody who peruses Netflix and maybe hears a recommendation about that new YA show that everybody's recommending. And, uh, you know, it's from the people that made 13 Reasons Why. And it's about a girl who has like time powers. And, and I hope they don't. Also, she's also I hope they dealing don't with it stuff. Is, is from the people from 13 Reasons. That's the, that's the reason why that like concerns me is like, I don't want it. it but a lot of people like that show though, right? Like a lot of people like that show. A lot of people hated that show. Okay. And like for good reason. Like I can, I understand like both perspectives because I think it was a like, well, it was an entertaining, well, put together show but just not in the way that i handled the controversial stuff that's where like a lot of people really didn't like that show uh and you, you know i think putting in the marketing from the folks behind 13 reasons why automatically puts life is strange in a certain bucket that it shouldn't be in because life is strange like already exists as its own thing that is loved for its own reasons but you know i do i i do think that this does have the potential to be big for the reasons you're talking about i think there is such a good market for people who are into the like the young adult series right people who yeah. are into things like 13 reasons why in the way that people like love Riverdale. sabrina on, on yeah. netflix like in that sort of i think it'll hit that sort of audience where people you don't even have to say this is from a video game you can just mm -hmm. be like here's 1, this new show right, and if i if i pitch somebody uh like if if life is strange was on netflix and i t went to one of my sisters and i was like hey there's this new show on netflix it's about a girl in a small town in the pacific northwest i'm in who, who yeah i'm in already right but like who like it's a high school drama but she can rewind time and like she try she wants to save her friend who keeps dying or like i think there's something there that you can that you can really sell to an audience that doesn't need to be video gamey at all i think that, that story works so well just as a story what's that archie show riverdale yeah it, i think you could kind of hit that, that oh, level. one thousand percent yeah, yeah. I'm very excited for this. We'll have to wait and see to, uh, if they stick the landing. Either way, I'm going to watch the hell out of this. I hope it comes out. That's where I'm at. Is I hope it comes out because nothing's ever guaranteed, but I would like to see this. Last news story, story number six. Xbox's Tomb Raider timed exclusivity deal was reportedly worth $100 million. This is Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Microsoft's 2015 exclusivity deal for Rise of the Tomb Raider was reportedly worth $100 million. That's according to the LinkedIn profile of former Square Enix corporate development director Fabian Rossini, the exec who claims to have negotiated the, the deal with Microsoft. Rossini's profile was widely circulated on social media this week before the claim was seemingly edited out, but not before it was archived by a Twitter user. Twitter will always get you. If accurate, the figure offers a rare glimpse into the actual cost of platform exclusivity deals. However, it's likely that the figure mentioned by Rossini includes other elements beyond the straight deal price, such as marketing commitments or an advance of profits. The $100 million figure would be roughly in line with another high-profile exclusivity deal that recently had its figure shared in the public domain, the Epic Game Store deal for Borderlands 3. According to confidential documents shared during the Epic versus Apple court trial this summer, the Unreal Engine firm paid $115 million for six months exclusivity on its store. Uh, Microsoft's Tomb Raider deal in comparison was for one year of exclusivity. According to Xbox, Rise of the Tomb Raider had sold well over 1 million units as of two months after its release. The game also launched on PC. 
As of 2017, it had sold 7 million units, which also includes the PS4 version that arrived in 2016. Andy, do you remember when this was going down back in the day when uh, Xbox got the exclusivity for Rise of the Tomb Raider? Yeah, I remember. Everybody was worried it was going to die. Yeah. It kind of didn't do as great as they wanted. (laughs) I remember it being such a big deal. Like, people were upset. Oh, yeah. Because we got the original Tomb Raider reboot game for all consoles and xbox grabbing that for exclusivity made people go feral um kind of died yeah it kind of did and honestly kind of did die but i think that's partly because of the exclusivity but then also i want to say it came out the same week as fallout 4 and that really fucked that game because the hype for fallout 4 was astronomical um but yeah i I, 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 fall 4 really good game was it overhyped oh come on maybe just just was it broken as fuck but we knew it was going to be broken as fuck. It's Bethesda. You know, it comes to the territory. It comes to the territory. Did I get to hang out with the homie Nick Valentine? Yes. And that's what matters to me, damn it. So this was 2013. Let me look for Fallout 4 release. 2015 was Fallout 4 release. But well, this was this was 2015. Rise the of the Tomb Raider. Got it. Got it. Okay, yeah. get it, get it, get it, get it. Got it, good. Get it, Yeah, got I remember it. that. I, I remember that. That was a kind of a turmoil a turmoiled state of the industry is that even a word tor- turmoiled we're making it one all right there you go yeah i'm looking up hold on let me look let me look up the two release dates because i actually got to know for sure it's got to be so interesting to kind of be in the middle of that and as a studio head wonder uh, weighing the pros and cons and those are there's just so many situations that i would love to be in the room of and just kind of take myself back and hear what those conversations are is this a hundred million dollars worth losing out on potential sales and potential word of mouth and you know will that will the game be less popular by the time it comes out on the other consoles like that's all that stuff is so interesting to me yeah i'm looking up so i looked looked up both the release dates for fallout 4 and rise of the tomb raider both of them came out november 10th 2015 they came out not the same week the same day jesus they came out and that, if you want to talk one about of a was, losing battle. One of them was cross-console. <laughs> yeah, when one of them was cross-console, one of them obviously had way more hype because people hadn't gotten a, uh, a numbered Fallout game since 2008, if we're talking about Fallout 3, right? Like, people were hyped for Fallout 4. I remember, dude, I remember it clearly because I stayed up. Uh, it was it was one of those ones where I went to the midnight launch, showed up at Best Buy, lined up so I can pick up the game at midnight, and then went home. I had work early the next morning, but I was like, I got to experience just a little bit of Fallout 4 because I had it in my hand. So I put it in, um, booted it up, and I waited for the install because, of course, that's going to take a while. Like, not only, the, not only the downloading of the game on my PS4, but then once you click into the game, it has an additional install thing, and I'm watching the Fallout um, like animation that they have uh, on, on the screen. Waiting for that, and then finally I'm able to boot into the first part of the game where, where you create your character and do all the pre- nuke activities and you know it was i that was it that was an experience for me and like it's funny because i wonder i wonder what the metacritic for both these games are because i remember rise of the tomb raider was reviewed critically really well um i remember i think ryan mccaffrey reviewed it for ign and gave it a real he gave it a 9.3 out of 10 uh and GameSpot gave it a 9 out of 10 on uh metacritic rise of the tomb raider is sitting um at an 86 on pc 88 on oh it says 88 on ps4 but that must have been when it was re-released um but yeah, like I, th- it's funny because like it's a testament to how much Metacritic at the end of the day doesn't really matter for reception of a game. I know Fallout Four isn't a game that everybody looks at as the masterpiece of a generation by any means, but 
was the more popular game, was the game that had way more talk, was the game that kind of mattered more for that year. Um, and I mean, to the to the story, right? I think looking at the the deal numbers, it's fascinating to see the price of exclusivity because I look at this and I wonder for Microsoft, was it worth it? You know, and the answer is probably not looking at uh, the 1 million in sales. I don't think that's enough to justify the $100 million deal. Maybe over the years, they eventually recoup that money and it turns out to not be a big deal that they did, that they did what they did. But it's, it's fascinating to see this and to then look forward and see how exclusives are being treated nowadays where xbox is very much like no we're gonna buy studios we're gonna go we're gonna go hard on xbox game pass like we're not gonna make as many high profile exclusivity like uh temporary exclusivity deals of this level where we're doing a sequel if we're gonna do that we're gonna do that maybe for like the first in a series like how playstation has done with Deathloop or uh ghostwire tokyo right like i think things like that might make a little bit more sense but it's fun to see the chess pieces kind of shift and move as lessons get learned in this way. And what does that amount mean today? Like, if this deal mm. were to go down today, what would $100 million in 2015 mean in the year 2021? Yeah. Like, how much higher does that number go? All that stuff is just so insanely interesting to me. Andy, I can't wait to see how the next Tomb Raider does. But the next Tomb Raider game... It's probably so far away. That was the best transition I could do. I thought huh? I did the I did the Doctor Strange thing where I looked at all the different timelines. What can, <laughs> what can I extrapolate from this new story to make a transition? But uh, Andy, a good transition is so far away. If I know it's coming out to mom and grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Lake for Xbox Series X slash S, Xbox One, and PC. I've heard good things about that game. Cookie Clicker for PC. That can't be right. Cookie Clicker for PC. Clicker. Cookie Clicker. Yeah. Cookie Clicker. That came out in like 20... That came out in like 2014. Yeah, a little (laughs) re-release. Are they re-releasing it on Steam? Good for them. Dude, Cookie Clicker. I spent so much time in college playing Cookie Clicker in the middle of class. On your phone? Good times. On my laptop. I mean, oh. I have, we had our laptops out taking notes, quote unquote, oh. taking notes. You know, know what I mean, Andy? Oh. I was playing. No, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, you I was mean playing... a number of things. <laughs> I was pl- I was playing the amount of games I played during class. I, it's a miracle that I graduated, right? Because I was playing Cookie Clicker in the middle of class. I downloaded an N64 emulator and played Tetris in oh, the middle nice. of class. I I 100 in Mario 64 in the middle of class. Did I beat Zelda Arcana time? You bet I did. All in the middle of class. That was Holy a great shit. semester. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Damn. See, I went to an uh, to an art school where I knew I'm paying a fuckload for this, and also I got to be drawing stuff. So like, I don't got time to be playing games in the middle. Unfortunately, that's mm. I, I feel like when I went to school is when my game time significantly dropped because I was still working full time at Best Buy, and I would get home and just grind away at a project until like six in the morning. And was it worth it? Bless. I'm here. Kind of yes. funny. I mean, exactly. No, it was, I was not. Andy, I was a communication major, so I didn't have to worry. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got this shit on lock. I'm going to fucking ace these tests. Fuck studying. El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron is out today for PC. Opus Echo of Star Song is out for PC and Mac. Galaxy Squad is out for Xbox One. Rogue Spirit for PC. Rava the Cyclops Cruise for Switch. Alveol for Switch. Alveoli. Alveoli. Alve- Alveoli for think, Switch. Maybe? Thank you. I don't know. That, no, that sounds better. That sounds better. Okay. Uh, Grit for PC. WW2, World, I guess that's World War II Bunker Simulator for PC. 
Rogue Spirit for PC. Uh, Zombies, a Killer Queen remix launches today on PC, on PC and will only be available until its official arcade cabinet launch in 2022. As a reminder, mm. that is the single-player mode spinoff for That's Killer right. Queen, as I understand it. Um, Cloud Gardens is out today on PC and Xbox, and then No Man's Sky has a Frontier Frontiers update that looks really fascinating. They released the trailer today, and... Uh, that game keeps on growing in ways that I don't understand. Uh, it looks like they have, they've added settlements. They have like a no. They have like a Star Wars cantina situation going on <laughs> on some of the planets. It looks really cool. It sounds really cool. Uh, congratulations, No Man's Sky fans! Oh, this game looks amazing. I wish I had time for it. Exactly right. Uh, new dates for you. Tennis Manager 2021 comes out of early access into full release on September 7th, 2021. And then Iron Harvest Complete Edition is releasing on October 26th, 2021 for PS5 and Xbox Series X. Another Deals- final another final quick news thing. Uh, today, Tim the Tatman, former oh, Twitch yeah. streamer, announced that he has signed an exclusive deal to stream on YouTube Gaming which is a pretty gigantic move for one of the larger uh, content creators on the platform. Dr. Lupo had announced his announcement two days ago yep. um, that he's back moving from Twitch to YouTube, and Tim the Tatman did the same today. And apparently did, they did the same thing two years ago as well when they both announced that they were signing to Twitch. <laughs> and so now they are both move, moving to YouTube, and they mention how YouTube's hungry to make their content creators feel cared for. It's like, all right, but like, how much is that paycheck? Like, it's oh, that paycheck was <laughs> astronomical, massive. Yeah, <laughs> God, because like, I, it is, it is so clear that when you move to YouTube, you lose a lot of money, and you try to make it up in other ways through exclusive deals like this. So, um, you got to assume that it was a pretty hefty paycheck mm. to make that move worth it. Uh, deals of the day for you. I, I just got an email note. Oh, sorry, Kevin, what's, what's that? I was just going to say, like, I, I hope that in, like, five years, like, this exclusivity deal, like, like let, I hope we find out how much they made. That'd be cool to find out, too. They actually announced. Like the, like the Xbox exclusivity thing that just... We likely like, will. Yeah, yeah I, I'd assume we likely will, because I feel like that happens with most people on the platform whenever there are deals made. Like, we heard about Ninja's Mixer deals several months later or whatever it was or maybe it was the day of i don't remember anyway i feel yeah. like we will hear about it uh again deal of the day for you i just got an email notification uh that hbo max has just added the harry potter 8 film collection oh. so there you go there it's you a go. random notification i got during the show mm-hmm. um we have ps plus games for september october uh i'll say october cooked overcooked all you can eat is out on or is coming to ps5 ps plus for september along with hitman 2 on ps4 and predator hunting grounds on ps4 and then coming soon to game pass september 2nd you're getting craftopia final fantasy 13 uh signs of sojourner and surgeon simulator 2 september 7th you're getting crown trick and then on september 9th you're getting breath edge nuclear throne and the artful escape now it's time to squad up remember you can write in patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get your questions read on the show you can catch the post show you can skip ads and of course you can squad up just like alex suarez did alex writes in with a playstation and real life squad up and says hello everybody i moved to philly in the past years and guess what moving to a new city during a pandemic with no friends is incredibly lonely alex suarez i feel you <laughs> i feel you and i relate i'd love to meet up with some best friends near me i'm vaccinated who can relate? Uh, play on PlayStation. Uh, if you guys want to reach me on Instagram or Twitter, I am at Alex B. Suarez. Or uh, play on PlayStation, I am OMG, like, really. That is OMG. Hmm. 
something tells me that might be a typo because he writes in there's like another f form you can fill in with your actual username and he says omg life really so adam oh, with uh -oh. adam on playstation either omg life really or omg like really one is of those the k two. the k is even next to the f so yeah then something had to have happened there something had to have happened yeah maybe it was autocorrect who knows yeah. uh andy people can go over to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong uh we're not live but i believe you do have some you're wrongs for us I do have one you're wrong, and it says uh, that Stoneback Mike is correct, that nobody gives a fuck about Dead Space, that everybody does want EA big. So Whoa. that's wild. That's, I didn't think so. I didn't think that'd be the case, but it looks like Snowback Mike was right. Uh, that's oh wild. God. Wow, yeah, that's I thought, wild. I thought a lot it's, of people would have spoken too, up. It's crazy that EA wrote that in. It's like, <laughs> it's kind of fucked up, <laughs> you know? They're the ones that make the decision. What are they uh -huh, doing over there? Crazy. Uh, tomorrow's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily are Janet and Tim. That's right. Get hyping on Friday. We're rounding it out with me and Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>